Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. What is the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? The church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, is where our trouble began. This sounds to me like the voice of someone who really has an appalling ignorance of what the Bible says about itself and what Jesus said about it. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe to bring you the stuff I read at night that you send to idea at wretched.org that finds no home in any other subject. In other words, what you're about to hear is mostly incoherent. But if you like, I have ADH, whatever it's called. You'll love this disjointed segment we call Wide World of Christian Stories or something like that. Just keeping it real. Being authentic here. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, have you seen that trend, by the way, in the church? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I got to keep, we just got to be authentic. Man, we're just strugglers, aren't we? Just want to let you know that your pastor, he's a mess. Just a white hot mess. Your pastor and his family, just a dumpster fire. That's what we are. Just keeping it real. Well, stop keeping it real. Why don't you get some of those things sorted and then get in the pulpit and preach the word? But I digress. Let's go to California to begin our journey around the globe. Cool. Whoa. Secular humanism bearing more fruit. And when I say bearing more fruit, I actually mean bearing more fruit. Headline, California to allow human composting of dead loved ones by the year 2027. Well, isn't that nice? We will bear fruit. The idea is you get put inside of this little pod where you become worm food, which is appropriate because that's what they say you actually are. You're just worm food when you die. You go nowhere. I think there are two reasons. One, I'm speculating. The other one, I know. There are two reasons that the governor is leading human composting, which, by the way, California is not the only state. Washington State, Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, also human composting, because you go into the ground and they put stuff inside of your thing. I don't want to get all technical and morbid on you, but you literally become fertilizer for a tree where you can bear fruit. I think at least in part, one of the motivations of this is it is a little bit of a fountain of youth. It's, I think, even as dim and darkened as the understanding of our current secular humanist is not in alignment with reality at all, it's an effort to just continue on. Now, it's only as a plum or a lemon or a leaf, but hey, it's something, isn't it? Here are the details. Governor Newsom signed a bill that tasks state officials with developing regulations for what is called natural organic reduction. <laughs> Where the body is broken down into the soil. Now, there are some considerations in this because a lot of people have been buried in the soil. And I don't think that that was a sin. But it wasn't an intentional effort to turn the body into compost. That's what this is. Furthermore, if you say, well, can't God kind of put the body back together again? Well, certainly he can. That we see throughout history that this does happen. People do indeed become fertilizer 
or people are lost at sea and their body is broken up. Don't worry, God is going to put it back together again. But that isn't the concern. It's the attitude behind this, which is a low view of the body. And we Christians need to make sure that we have the correct balance. You are not just a spirit. You are a spirit and a physical being. You're both. We're dualistic in that regard, that we are spirits that have an actual, you know, this is, this is like substance here. We got a body, and it's not insignificant. And as long as I brought up the subject of composting and cremation, which I did, is it a sin to get cremated? No, I don't think it is. 67 or 68% of Californians, that is how they choose to deal with death. They get incinerated. I, I don't think that's a sin, but I don't think it speaks as good a word as burial does biblically. Burial says we've got a high view of the body. We're taking care of it. We're wrapping it. We're cleaning it. We're dressing it up. We're putting it into a comfy casket. And we are lovingly and, and, and respectfully lowering it into the earth. Why? Because the body is important. You're going to have a resurrection body which lasts for eternity. Whether it's the carcass that you currently have, it's going to be, it's going to be redone and remade into something better for you that's going to last forever. And burial speaks of that resurrection hope that Jesus the first fruits is going to be followed by a lot of us. So burial, I think, speaks a better word. It's not a sin to cremate, but what I think is going on behind this composting is an abysmally low view of the body. Furthermore, there's a second reason besides it being a bit of a fountain of youth. Jimmy, would you like to know what's motivating this clam bake? Think California now. Um, Environmental. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. the is the issue. <laughs> the new method is pitched as an environmentally friendly alternative to cremation. It requires the use, which requires the use of fossil fuels and emits carbon dioxide ooh, into the atmosphere. Don't don't plants need that too? at any rate? <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, I thought so. This is this is the green movement. Because it takes a lot to burn a body. All that smoking stuff. Let's get rid of it. Let's compost people. This is an alternative method of final disposition that won't contribute emissions into our atmosphere and will actually capture CO2 in our soil and trees. Okay. That's secular humanism. Bearing fruit. Let's go to America. That seems pretty general, doesn't it? Fertility rate, brand new low. This is this is interesting. Jimmy, I don't know if you ever had these conversations or made this prediction prior to, or at least initially when the COVID business hit mm -hmm. and we were getting locked in our homes, we all thought, oh, we're going to see a baby boom. I, I did, yes. Yeah. No, we're, we didn't see a baby boom. Despite some hope that the pandemic might bring a baby boom, we had a bust. Total fertility in 2020 was the lowest rate on record since the government began tracking it in the 30s. And total births were the lowest since 1979. Read pretty much any history book and it will reveal to you this is one of the signs of a crumbling society. 
when you don't like making babies. Let's go to the Senate, shall we? Well, this is hopeful. The Senate is going to delay the vote on same-sex marriage until after the midterms. Hmm. I wonder what that portends for Republican voting. 147 Republicans joined in the House to codify marriage as, well, anything you want it to be. Yeah, just make it anything that you, whatever your configuration is, because as our former president informed us, love is love. Do you want people dying alone in hospital beds without being able to visit? Do you want to deprive people of that? So it appears after more than 400 Republicans backed a letter urging the U.S. Senate to pass a bill codifying a right to same-sex marriage into federal law. Hold the phone, Henrietta. 400 Republicans, it could be of the log cabin variety, that are encouraging and having an influence on the Republican Party to endorse and enshrine gay marriage. And there are an increasing number of pretty high-profile guys that are joining that chorus. That is not a song that we can contribute to. Leading supporters of the legislation have said that a vote won't take place until the midterms election, midterm elections. It's called the Respect for Marriage Act. A leading supporter is a Republican from Ohio. Did I say 147? It was 47 Republicans. My bad. The bill passed the Democratic-controlled House in July with the support of 47 Republicans and every single Democrat. As Republicans and conservatives, we believe strong families and lasting relationships strengthen communities and civil marriage is a fundamental freedom central to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These are people who said, "Uh uh-uh, not so fast. We stand with the 71% of Americans, including a majority of registered Republicans who support the freedom to marry for all Americans. Uh-oh, that's a problem, isn't it? 71% of Americans, a majority of which are Republicans, are okay with gay marriage? Christian, you might want to start noodling this through. What are you going to do when both parties start dropping the ball on moral issues? What's next? Oh, maybe the life issue? 51% of Republicans support same-sex marriage. Your party that you perhaps found some comfort in being a part of, it's moving, and it ain't to the right. It is most certainly to the left. And rather than being in the swirl of confusion and having to figure out for whom shall we vote, we might want to start chewing on this issue right now. What are we going to do when you've got two less-than-ideal candidates? Lesser of two evils! <laughs> Sorry, a little something stuck right there. This is Wretched Radio. Yes, you want to save money because, after all, you're a Christian and that's what we want to do. Save money, but never at the expense of our families, health, and peace of mind should a family member fall ill. That is why I'd like to commend you, MediShare, the gold standard of healthcare sharing. 
you will save on average $500 per month as a family. How much will you save? It takes two minutes. 844-34-BIBLE. And if you think well, this isn't very good, you get free telehealth services with MediShare, a huge network of doctors with MediShare, and great customer support. And fellow Christians will pray for you. MediShare, 400,000 members strong. Peace of mind and savings. Simply call 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page. There you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner. Now, if you're already a Wretched Gospel Partner, you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not already a Wretched Gospel Partner, talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1854. Charles Haddon Spurgeon becomes pastor in London and will go on to become one of the most influential pastors ever. He was the central figure in defending the gospel against compromise during the downgrade controversy. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh, Canada. This is Wretched Radio spanning the globe, going all the way north of the border to Canada. I received an email. We'll keep it anonymous. I read this letter to you because you're going to be facing this and we should figure out now. How are we going to respond when we are asked to speak the values of a godless society? Because that is where we are currently headed, lickety-split. It's not just tolerating other people's opinions. No, you must adhere to them. Otherwise, you're danger, you're spreading misinformation, and you're intolerant. Which is kind of ironic, if you don't mind me saying so. I was just re- uh, what was the one that I saw? The uh, gays against groomers. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And they got banned from PayPal and Venmo. Venmo. <laughs> well, I guess they're consistent in stifling free speech. We are going to be asked to affirm things that we simply can't agree with. What are we going to do? This is going to get very personal for you and for your family. This letter from Anonimu reads thusly. I live in Canada and work for a municipality. Our prime minister declared September 30th of every year the day of national truth and reconciliation. Well, truth. Is there such a thing, Mr. Prime Minister? My employer is hosting different workshops and sessions regarding this throughout the next week or so and is strongly recommending that all staff participate. Yep, you're going to feel that pressure. What are you going to do? The question is asked, should I just keep my mouth shut, avoid the workshops and sessions, and try to avoid the topic? I think we've got to have grace amongst ourselves. We're seeing Way too much division already on political and social issues within conservative camps. Zoinks, Scoob, let's not let this be another wedge in our relationships. I can understand why somebody might just go, look, I'm just going to sit through the class. I'm not going to say anything. I don't think I'm endorsing it. I'm not participating. It's just what I got to do to keep my job. And it's not innately sinful, so I'm fine with that. Okay. You might disagree. I might disagree. But I don't think that that person should suddenly be kicked out of the Christian club. Furthermore, there are going to be people who try to just dance. Well, I don't use the pronouns. I just kind of work around it. I don't tell them your ZZ Zer Zip business is reality. But... I just kind of don't use pronouns ever, which isn't easy, by the way. Okay. On the other hand, you're going to have some people who say, no, um, we just, we, at some point, if the silent majority doesn't take the muzzle off and start speaking, I just think that we will be tidal waved and more and more people are going to be persuaded to espouse the secular humanist view. They'll they'll jettison their Christianity because it means I could get fired. And so we're going to see a panoply of responses. You would do well to figure this out. I would suggest to you, this is actually a good conversation for your church to be having. This wouldn't be the world's worst Sunday school. I know, Bible, we want to bring that to Sunday school, even with this issue. But noodling it out, you might want to get ready before your company tells you, you will attend, you will speak like this, you will praise, you will affirm. The Christian response can be varied, but you should have one ready before you get slapped with it. Let's go to an unnamed laboratory, shall we? Because they don't name the laboratory in this article from BGR.com. See if you can find anything fallacious about the presupposition of this headline. Scientists create matter from nothing in groundbreaking experiment. Well, see, here's the problem with that headline. Scientists aren't nothing. 
Laboratories are nothing. Experiments are nothing. They didn't create anything from nothing. They manipulated and they, oh, we know this now. So we can, in other words, there was intelligence involved. We've probably all heard the phrase, this is the article, which is just amazing that an individual can't see that this isn't creation out of nothing. It is such a desperate attempt to disprove God and the necessity of a creator. We've probably all heard the phrase, you can't make something from nothing. But in reality, the physics of our universe isn't that cut and dry. Well, that's funny. I thought if one thing was, it would be physics. Science, that you can't create something out of nothing. Scientists have spent decades trying to force matter from absolutely nothing. Okay, if you've got a scientist doing something, you no longer get to use the word nothing. That's just not nothing. Now they've managed to prove that a theory first shared 70 years ago was correct, and we really can create matter out of absolutely nothing. Well, scientists in Petri dishes and uh, the, the test tubes, that's the word I'm looking for. I didn't do very well in geometry, I'll just tell you that right in now. Geometry? Whatever. <laughs> Chemistry? <laughs> sure. That too. That stuff, man. Oof. Not my favorite. And now my daughter, go for, this. See, this is this is the, the the joy of seeing God's creative hand. Our, our my my middle daughter is getting a master's in math. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> she got that from Mrs. Friel because I certainly don't get the chemistry stuff, but I do get that this is ridiculous. Research seems to have paid off. Ah, the language of speculation. In early 2022, a group of researchers created strong enough electric fields in their laboratory. Nothing is what rocks dream of. It's nothing. To level the unique properties of material known as graphene. With these fields, the researchers were were to enable the spontaneous creation. Now, is this like the third or fourth time the word creation has been used? Which is the right word? Of particle-antiparticle pairs from nothing at all. Huh. This proved that creating matter from nothing is indeed possible. Well, if you forget what the word nothing means, I guess you're right. Health panel. Oh, this is interesting. This is from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. If you're under the age of 65, you probably need to be analyzed. You've got to have an anxiety screening if you're under the age of 65. I got to tell you something, Jimmy. Yes. I thought it was great being married where we help one another. It's really great being a parent and helping a child and it's great being a child, being helped by a parent, but we don't need any of those things now with the government. They do it all. They're going to take care of you from cradle to grave. It made a similar recommendation for children and teenagers earlier this year. This is the anxiety tidal wave that is a washing over America, not just America, all over the globe right now. And if you ask me, a lot of it was created because of the 
government trying to control aspects of humans that we, we shouldn't be controlled, where we should be making these decisions for ourselves. But government has its want to do. A prison. This is in Green Bay. You ever been to Green Bay, Jimmy? If you think the not. South is nuts about football, go to Green Bay. I can tell. Uh, a I'm whole other level. You have friends there? Uh, is that what you said? I said I haven't been. You haven't been? No. I I I I can't remember. I think it was it was late spring, early summer when I was in Green Bay, and we were we you know throughout the town you just saw green and yellow everywhere. We're in the restaurant, and the woman, the waitress, she's wearing green and yellow. She's got a stocking cap on that's green, and it's like um it's like eighty outside. And I said, "Is there like a game or something that is taken?" And she just kind of looked at me like I just arrived from planet Mars. That's just how they act every day there. They are just absolutely obsessed. The research, this is a prison in Green Bay that must exempt a Muslim inmate from strip search by transgender guards. Huh. So a Muslim was going to get strip searched by somebody who thinks... She's the opposite of what he or she actually is. And it looks like the Muslim can be exempt. Hmm. I wonder if they'd provide that exemption for Christians. France is going to be debating its conservative euthanasia laws. Current law in France, 2016, doctors can keep terminally ill patients sedated until death, but not assist their deaths. Guess what? We're going to do some studying. And guess what the conclusion is going to be? A low view of human life. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. All right, so we can debate if the food served from McDonald's is actually food or not, but a lot of people eat the fast food. This story, however is a little bit different. A federal court last week ruled the McDonald's will have to face a $10 billion, that's what the B, a $10 billion lawsuit that alleges that it discriminates against black-owned media channels by refusing to advertise on them. The suit alleges that the company, quote, takes billions from African-American consumers and gives almost nothing back. I don't know if there's any merit to the lawsuit or not, but I do know that if McDonald's loses this case, you can kiss ever getting those ice cream machines fixed goodbye. This next story is just as much gross as it is disturbing. Footage was obtained and released of the recent Chattanooga Pride Youth Day, where a man dressed as the Little Mermaid invited children on stage to touch his mermaid costume and actually allowed the children to touch his nether regions. Then there was another man who did the splits while wearing a dress and was completely totally exposed in front of very young children. I just do not understand the fascination of doing these type of things in front of children. Wicked, demonic, and disgusting. Okay, I have some audio here, but I can't share it because it's in Spanish, and I think most of you speak English out there, so I'll translate for you. I'm not sure if you've seen the recent video from Spain's Minister of Equality. That's her title. In the video, she said, Children X which I guess is the new term for children. Anyway, she says children X have the right to consent to sexual relations with adults. 
Her exact quote was that if children give consent, then they have the right to have sex with whoever they want to. Apparently, the Spanish communist-leaning government wants to legalize pedophilia and child sexual abuse. It's definitely not something that we should see as a surprise, and we also shouldn't see America being too far behind. Recently, in the city of Memphis, a drag show and dance party was scheduled to take place at the Pink Palace, aka the Children's Museum. Well, this past Friday, the date the show was to occur, it was canceled. And one of the drag entertainers was none too happy about the cancellation, saying, quote, nothing about drag is inherently provocative or inherently adult. I know that most drag performers don't get into drag to fraternize with children. However, that doesn't mean that we are like dangerous creatures or dangerous people for children. Not dangerous people for children. I think I would like to hear this person further define that phrase. Because from where I'm sitting, these are not the type of people you want to influence your children. But maybe it's just me. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. It is not certain who the human author of the book of Hebrews was. However, it is certain that the ultimate author is the Holy Spirit. The message of Hebrews is an exhortation to faith in Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. When you want to see how God foreshadowed and fulfilled the gospel in the Old Testament, look to Hebrews. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Mental Health Day on Wretched Radio. Just kidding, that's a euphemism. This is Wretched Radio. SRIs, familiar with them? Millions of people all over the globe are taking what was formerly believed to be the solution for your anxiety and depression malady, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So think all of the different medications that are prescribed to children, to adults, to help them with their emotional imbalances was supposedly scientific, but most likely you heard of really big study concluded, actually, that's not the cause of our emotional issues. Depression is caused by a chemical imbalance. This is from Ed Welsh. But this assumption has been challenged by a recent medical study, the serotonin theory of depression. It was at the University College of London, concluding, there is no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin abnormalities. Now, that is a bit of a blow to the psychiatric community, which leans heavily on prescriptions to help people. And as we were hearing from the New York Times, it's usually external events that is causing an internal imbalance. It's not chemical. It's human that we live in this busted world. And when people do stuff, it actually hurts. And if you don't have a way to deal with the difficulties, you become what we would say is depressed. That you're, you're heavy laden, not just with sins, but just everything is, life isn't, it's not good. And Ed Welsh now is going to take that massive study revealing that SRIs, I think I was going to say SSDI, isn't that Social Security Disability Income? Close so. enough. <laughs> SRIs maybe aren't as scientific as we once thought. And yet, because he was trained as a psychiatrist or psychologist, 
of the secular persuasion, and he's a biblical counselor. He offers a little perspective on it, which I have to confess to you, I didn't enjoy totally. I mean, I did not enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it totally in that when I saw that study from the college that it concluded there's no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin abnormalities, I was like, yes, put a dagger into the heart of those medications. Well, Ed Welsh offers just a little bit of perspective. One, does this new research mean depression is only a spiritual matter? That's a good question. Will the serotonin study affect the amount and type of medication prescribed for depression? He thinks not. He thinks it's still going to be used a lot. Furthermore, he encourages you, uh, don't get off of it. The review study doesn't mean that with evidence lacking for chemical imbalance, we can assume depression results from sinful or foolish choices. That's interesting. The sadness, fatigue, or exhaustion, altered sleep and eating patterns, loss of pleasure, decreased concentration, and and feelings of being physically drained or just lacking energy aren't sinful in themselves. To assume a person suffering with a deep and lasting feeling of darkness and discouragement must be sinning is to follow the lead of Job's counselors. Totally discredited, incidentally. While there are certainly instances where depression is driven by sin, in other words, being discovered in an affair and resenting the loss of a secret idolatrous escape, depression is not necessarily sin. I have to tell you, this article, because Ed Welsh, he doesn't speak totally against prescriptions for dealing with some situations that they actually can have an effect. Now, we don't know how they work, but they can have something of an effect. Uh, okay, Ed, you're smarter than I is, so I guess I'll go with you on that. But we can go with him on that. Now, maybe not as much of a, an endorsement as he gives to SRIs, but we can at least say there are some times when people receive value from a medical attempt to help with somebody's emotional difficulties. The other aspect of this response, where he asks four questions that Christians should be asking about this serotonin study, also reveals that biblical counseling has has accelerated in its understanding of humanity way more biblically. I mean, you would expect that. When it started out eh, 40 years ago, Jay Adams who is considered the grandfather of the biblical counseling movement. Well, one guy. Now, there were others. Wayne Mack joined him. Lovely fellow, Wayne Mack, in South Africa right now, doing great work there, starting a biblical counseling center in South Africa. He went there at like the age 80 to do that. Just absolutely incredible. Well, they were brilliant, and they wrote great stuff. In fact, they wrote books that have stood the test of time, and you can continue to profit from their works. But as more and more smart people came along, they just kept adding and adding and adding. And these days, we see revealed in this particular article from Ed Welsh that biblical counseling isn't one-noted. Biblical counseling has had the reputation that it's all about sin, If you're suffering emotionally in some way, shape, or form, it's because you're sinning. 
And as Ed Welch, you just heard him, right, said, no, that's not the case. To To assume a person is suffering with darkness and discouragement must be sinning is to follow the lead of Job's discredited counselors. Maybe you are experiencing some sadness, some fatigue, exhaustion. You can't sleep. Life is kind of meh. Concentrating. Are you kidding? You, 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 gnats are, 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 don't provide you with enough movement. I, I, I just I can't concentrate on anything. It's not necessarily a sin issue. It can be, but not necessarily, which means the biblical counselor, upon meeting the individual who is feeling this way, needs to investigate a lot to come up with a correct diagnosis to see what is ailing the person because it might just be a physical issue. Hmm, you're having a hard time concentrating. How much sleep do you get every night? Four hours. Well... That could be the source of your issue. Maybe you have been making some decisions in life that have been causing you to struggle because you're not doing it as wisely as you could. Not necessarily sinfully, but not wisely. The biblical counselor does better than just saying it's a sin problem out of hand. Let me return to the first question that he asked. Does this new research mean depression is only a spiritual matter? The present research study only suggests that clinicians would be inaccurate to say that medication treats an underlying serotonin deficit. Not that there's no physical culprit contributing to depression. In other words, it could be something physical. The one that always jumps to mind for me is, is, is postpartum that this is something for many women that is very real. Is she sinning? Uh, The answer is most likely not. I mean, it could be certainly, but most likely not. It could simply be a vitamin issue, a chemical issue, body adjusting now to not carrying another life inside of the stomach. Not that that's actually a life in there, because that heartbeat thing, we faked it. Yeah. Oh, man, Silla. You can look for that video, by the way. It's called. Uh, <laughs> the video is basically six minutes of dripping sarcasm. If, if it is possible that something can have too much sarcasm, I think our recent video on <laughs> Stacy is possibly too sarcastic. I think so. The sarcasm is dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> When she said that the heartbeat is a manufactured sound simply created by men to oppress women. (laughs) Isn't that the way of everything these days? Everything has a root to that. Talk about a divider. Stacey Abrams, basically, you think QAnon is goofy? That little conspiracy theory is way out there. And the title of it is something like, Stacey Abrahams, Abrahams, Abrams is absolutely right. No sarcasm intended. None whatsoever. Really. <laughs> because it's dripping with sarcasm. Sometimes women, they will feel an emotional change. And that can happen in a lot of different phases of pregnancy and in delivering a child. 
Let's not rush to say it's a sin issue. Let's not rush a diagnosis until we've actually dug deep. We've done a little bit of physical examination. Have you done that? That that a good biblical counselor is going to tell you, wait a second, you're depressed. You need to go get checked out. You need to get some blood work done. Because it could be something as simple as that. There are about two dozen different maladies that could be contributing to your blues. Get that checked out. Then continue with your biblical counselor to discover what the actual root is because there are times when a root of depression isn't sin. This is Wretched Radio. The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, was firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasounds, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. You know, there are a ton of things people partner in. Some have business partners, some have workout partners. We all need accountability partners. Then you have partners in crime, not something I recommend, or marriage partners, something I do recommend. And then, of course, we can't forget about the Wretched Gospel Partner. Our Gospel Partners, that would be many of you, provide us with the ability to do what we're able to do. You faithfully helped us reach millions of people all over the world with resources like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, Breaking Bread, Wretched Worldview, The Drive-By Series. I could keep going, but we'd be here far too long. Plus, I think you already get the point. Without you, there is no Wretched. So we humbly thank you for your support. If you're not already an ongoing Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Just hit up wretched.org slash donate to find answers to many other questions you may have. That's wretched.org slash donate. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear... Everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Attributes of God. 
What does God's patience look like? 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God is not hurried, nor has he forgotten his promises. God will bring about the fulfillment of his eternal plan in due time. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Often do I remember dreams? You probably don't either. I had a dream the other night, Jimmy, that I was in a church where they actually had a pipe organ. Oh, oh it was lovely. <laughs> it was a happy dream. No, wait a second. I take that back. I actually believe that I'd been transported to heaven because we know that there's going to be a really great pipe organ there. Let's get to church news, shall we? This should cause us to weep and gnash our teeth and go, no, please. Stop with the Jesus junk. There's a video game where you can play, you guessed it, Jesus. Not kidding. I saw the video myself. Sean sent this in. I looked at the video. Here, here. I'm not really good at the whole video game business, but it wasn't like mm, Grand Theft Auto good. But it was Jesus, and you were playing Jesus, so you, you see Jesus, and then somehow you are inside of Jesus as you're doing miracles. So you see your hands touching somebody. You see your hands now just making bread out of nothing. See? You get to be Jesus. You get to calm the storm. You get to walk on water so you can feel what it would be like to be Jesus. Well, here's the reality. You get to feel like Jesus, who underwent much suffering in, in his perfection. It, it's, it's a bit of a strange statement from Bob, the author of Hebrews. But Jesus was perfected. He grew as a human being, certainly not as God, from suffering. And you and I do also. So we, we do have a sympathetic high priest who gets us. Everything you felt, he felt. Sadness, joy, sorrow. Okay, not everything. Never felt shame because he never did anything shameful. There might be a couple of others, but we do get to know what it was like to be Jesus in that he was fully man. He wasn't different to us in that regard, of course, the hypostatic union, 100% God, 100% man. But we have a high priest who gets us. Most evangelical services think that worshiping alone is a valid replacement for church attendance. Uh-oh. Piscadios. Lifeway research. Huh. Lifeway does research? How? Who knew? How are they doing on that whole ordaining women thing at Saddleback? They're they got still, that resolved yet? They're still looking at it. Okay. Maybe a little survey on that would be good. 66% of Americans 
All Americans agreed worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regular church attendance. Now, you can worship alone. You can certainly worship with your family, but that does not replace church. Church is church. The assembling of the saints. 66% of Americans say, nah, ain't nothing special about church. But what about the percentage of evangelicals? Jimmy, 66% of Americans, How many, what percentage of evangelicals said, you can just sit at home and go to church by watching Pixels? I would say... And 54% I, is right! That's, I was going to say at least over 50%. Yeah, it, it's over 50%. More antipathy for the local church. You know what we can look forward to seeing? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction. Here it comes. You're going to see a lot of those church condo conversions. You ever seen those? Uh-uh. Where a church gets... I'm thinking of Stillwater, Minnesota. There's a church in the town that's been converted in, I don't know if it's apartments or it's condos. And you see it on occasion in Great Britain, my understanding, is a lot of the great churches are being taken over by Islamic mosques. But I think you can anticipate that trend growing in America. If people don't, if they think that they can get church online, that's that's just a cheaper storefront, man. Why all the expenses and the maintenance and the upkeep and all the growth issues? Sound system's out. Fog machine's broken again from overuse. Well, there's no need for these buildings. You can look forward to some really glorious buildings becoming apartments. And it's probably going to be a lot of the liberal ones. So is that a prediction or a prophecy? Well, if we're going to Christianize it, it would be a prophecy. (laughs) Okay, all right. But it's not divinely inspired. Prophecy is not a, for the New Testament, in the Old Testament, you did see a little bit of foretelling, but overall it's foretelling. But it, it's, it's Isaiah. I was just reading Isaiah 44 and Jeremiah 10 because they reflect uh, Psalm 115, I believe, which is an absolute satire on Id- idols and the making of idols. It is scathing business. And most of, when you read through Jeremiah and Isaiah, the major prophets, it's a lot of forth-telling. This is what God says. This is how you're supposed to behave, live, think, sacrifice, etc. They were not predicting the future as nearly as often as they were simply downloading commands from God to people. So, it's a prediction. It's all I got. Okay. Did you see the story on Nostradamus? No. I think it might still be sitting on my printer, but there are there was Oh, I know. Nostradamus predicted the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Supposedly. Go Jimmy, can you google that Nostradamus? Good yeah. luck spelling that. <laughs> okay. And Queen Elizabeth. I don't know. The prediction is going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that works. That works. It only took 300 years. But yeah, yeah, he nailed that one. There's no human being that can tell you what the future holds. That attribute is God's and God's alone. And so when we see the word prophecy used in the New Testament, we need to remember forth-telling versus foretelling. Library group claims book banning at record high as parents oppose sexually explicit books in schools. 
looks like there are some Christians who are saying, you know, these books aren't good for kids. Now, that might not be what you choose to do to to counter what's going on in our culture, but I sure do think it's an option. 48% of evangelical leaders report being blacklisted over beliefs. No way. They have been disinvited, blacklisted, or excluded because of their point of view or guilt by association. That's the National Association of Evangelicals. You know, they used to be evangelical at the NAE, Jimmy. Evangelical leader survey, 48% of leaders said that they've been canceled by others as a way of expressing their disapproval for the leader or the leader's point of view. Hmm. That means Christians are feeling the secular humanistic heat. Jimmy? Yes? What do, what do you got with Nostradamus? Okay, so I, I, I haven't read through all of this, but just... What, a minute and a half wasn't long enough no, for you scan, to do this research? Scanning through it, it mm-hmm. says that he predicted it, correctly predicted her that she would die way back in the 1500s. Yeah. Did he use the name Queen Elizabeth II? Uh, Did he use the words Great Britain? I don't think so. No, it's... A monarch who reigned for a long time, who was beloved by her people, is going to die. No! A human being's going to die! Who can... Okay, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to go out there on a Nostradamus limb. You pick your favorite politician, fill in the blank. They're going to die. Look at me. I'm Nostradamus. (laughs) Majority of pastors don't believe Christians should tithe 10%. Huh. 33% are in favor of the traditional 10%. 21% didn't re- recommend any sort of income sharing. But it should be enough to be considered sacrificial. Um, I don't know that that's always necessary. In fact, I don't know what the percentage would be. You should give what you want. And if it happens to be a sacrifice, hey, look, there's somebody in our church. They need help. We, we, we need to stop going out to our, our favorite restaurant on Saturdays. We're going to collect that money and we're going to give it to those people. Okay, that's a, that's a sacrifice. But oftentimes for Christians, it's just giving from their overflow of what they have. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because God is not about accounting as much as he is about the heart. What is the motivation that goes into it? Why do you want to give that? You can choose to give it sacrificially, but you don't have to. You give what you... There are some people who will never give sacrificially because God has blessed them financially. And that doesn't mean that their offering is not as good as somebody who did make a sacrifice. Now, on the one hand, kind of interesting, pastors are equivocating on the tithe. On the other hand, because I don't think the tithe ever was 10%, this is a good (laughs) statistic in poll. How much should you give? It ain't a percentage. It's what you want to give. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.